Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. It is uh, well into the morning. Well, not well into the morning. I'm going to say it's early in the morning. Yes. <laughs> and we're here to give you guys another episode. That is true. How was your weekend? Um, It was eventful. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I am okay. How are you? That's good. I'm actually fine. Um, got work later, but you know, the hustle. Yeah. Preparing for, gearing up for Beyonce on the weekend. Yes, I was just about to say, Beyonce literally in four days, guys. So excited. Crazy. Four days. We're going to Edinburgh. Hopefully, you know what, let me not jinx it, but. The weather. Yeah. Mm, I haven't even looked, to be honest. Yeah. I ordered my outfit, by the way. Mm. It's coming today, so I'm going to try it on. Hopefully it fits and it's all good. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you've still got like a few days anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I really want to wear shorts though, but you know, never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's get straight into it. Uh, hello guys, welcome to the Rated Podcast. It's the podcast about things, um, music and popular culture related. And my name is Oli Vade. And I'm Carl CNN. And today we're giving you an episode that we've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, it's basically going to be talking about album rollouts and what makes a good album rollout. Um, I think we're going to give you some examples of rollouts from like the 2010s, maybe a bit before as well. And then also compare them to like recent rollouts from like post 2015 until now. Because um, they've changed a lot. Uh, I don't know if people remember, but back in the days, there used to be like quite a vigorous or like a quite a strict like plan for album rollups and like most artists would follow the same kind of plan mm. um and that was kind of changed recently by one person that we're going to see next week or <laughs> next week this week <laughs> but we'll get we'll get to that um but i thought we could start just by like saying what the t- traditional rollout was mm. do you remember what it was yeah so um i guess it like kind of rolled into um you had an artist would mention like their album coming out around a certain time. They were always very coy about dates as well. I remember Sierra always saying, "Yeah, coming <clears> in <throat> fall or like in autumn." <laughs> Not the accent. Yeah, I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> when is it? And they never would like give up the actual month most of the time because obviously they're probably come behind the scenes, probably like dealing with the label and um, deciding what month and what date and stuff. But yeah, they would tease the album, I guess. Um, then like have a buzz single like in advance of like the actual official first single most of the time yeah which was like a sort of taster into what you can expect i guess or something to kind of capture people on get them a bit excited about what's to come Do you um, know what i always sorry to, to cut you I, I always wondered why not why how they chose the buzz single because it was always like a random song on the album yeah that's the thing like i don't know thinking back to like when i think of buzz single i think of like um wait your turn by rihanna um, yeah, that's what I always think of as well. Yeah, I don't know why, but I just think of that. Because I guess it's like a single that's just kind of showing maybe the theme of the album and maybe the, you know what I mean? Because it was very different for her at the time. It was very dubstep and dark. And, yeah. And that was how the album was. So I think that was a good example of a Buzz single because... And it was weird because mm. she did a music video for it as well. Normally yeah. for Buzz singles, you don't really Get do videos music videos. A lot of the time. Yeah. And obviously it wasn't that expensive because it looked like they filmed it in like maybe one location in different places or wherever. One location, sorry, in one place, it's like one city or yeah. town, or whatever. That's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah so I guess bus single, then you get like eventually get a lead single, which has a music video. But I think a lot of the time artists would like palm off, like they'll try to release a first single sometimes, and then 
they would like if it say flopped, it's a buzz. <laughs> if it flopped, they would call it the buzz single. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like, Sierra was notorious for that. Notorious. She was first to start saying oh, my first thing, my first. Then it would just all of a sudden become all of a sudden, all of a cousin, all of a sudden become a promo single. I'm just like, uh, you said it was the first single from the album, sis. What's going on? <laughs> so I guess a buzz single pretty much was. It was just testing the water to see how it would do. Yeah. How and then do. if it does well, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's the lead single. You're like, no, you didn't fool us there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so then after the lead single, usually if that, because that would make the rounds for like yeah. a month or so. And then we would, they would usually like do interviews and like drop the album title. Yeah. Um, and that will get people excited. And then, like I said, they would do like interviews and performances on TV, which is something that many artists don't do anymore, mm. I didn't think. As much anyway, because I remember like Beyonce, even Beyonce, she would even go to like so many different um, talk shows and she'll be on this show here, this show, that that country, this country. Now, where is she? She never, she never like does any interviews anymore. At all. Like she does them interviews, like, you know, like with magazines and then they kind of like yeah. print out what they said. And it's usually someone like her sister interviewing her or something. And that's about it. That's all I remember seeing in the last couple of years from her yeah like written interviews printed interviews so yeah they'll be doing the they'll just basically be performing their lead single yeah. up until the album release so they'll release the album and that'll be out for like how long do you, would you say it would normally be out for before they release the second single i think like a couple months maybe like yeah a, a couple month months or, two, maybe. or maybe a month yeah um and then they'll honestly they'll still be make doing um tv performances and everything um, of the second single so and then they would even do like award shows and stuff depending on when they release the album mm. but if they released it in like quarter four they'll still be performing like the lead single or the second single yeah uh, um in award season in like february true which um again doesn't happen anymore yeah which is crazy <laughs> um and then this is something that doesn't really happen as well so there'll even be like a third single which will also get a music video um and then they'll probably announce the tour and then they'll do like a fourth or a fifth single back in the days i remember rihanna's good girl gone bad she had like seven singles yeah they used to like get a proper like rollout and really um mm-hmm. like a lot of singles and videos and stuff like i can only imagine how much that stuff would have cost back then as well yeah and i remember that today there was like a particular formula that some artists or most artists would uh, follow like when they release their singles so that like, the lead single will be like an upbeat up-tempo song mm. and then the second single would usually be like usually it would be like a kind of like a slower song not mm. in some cases it's different and then the third single would be like and like a fan favorite that they like on pit people on twitter is talking about or whatever mm. and then the fourth single will probably be like a ballad <laughs> mm. or like the fifth single will be like a ballad or like a slower slower song that's what I've noticed. Um, but we're going to look into... I've got an example of a, a good rollout. It's, it's actually regarded as one of the best rollouts in the 2010s, which is uh, Rihanna's Loud album. Um, as we know, that album spawned so many hits. And it literally just started good from like the, the get-go. Um, so like obviously she released, she released Rated R, which was kind of dark for her. And even though that's my favourite album, I don't think people agree <laughs> um i don't know why because it's actually such a good album but anyway i think people just missed pop pop rihanna um, yeah, which is fair because i guess like well then i guess a dark time in her life did occur like within that year so 
And I remember I saw an interview of her the other day and she was talking about how she was so angry during that time and stuff. So it makes sense because the album reflected like her mood, I believe. Like she was clearly angry and annoyed and, you know, in a, in a different space in comparison to maybe her prior albums and the album after this one. So, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like every artist has that one album that's a bit different to their, mm. in their discography. They call uh, it the fourth album curse though as well um, in relation to fourth album. So this was her fourth release. Yeah. And they tend to not do as well as like the other albums a lot of the time. Um, but it's, I think it's because usually they're different. Like Beyonce's four was a lot different. Yeah, it's more like traditionally R and B, like in that time period as well, where everything was dance. Um, yeah. Pop. Yeah, and then Sierra's basic instinct was like, I don't know. Everything was a bad album. It just was it wasn't really promoted properly, and I think they were a bit confused about. Yeah. Singles and. Where they where, where they were going, going as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so Rihanna released uh, Only Go in the World to Rhythmic and Mainstream Radio on September 10th, 2010. So that's when that's what kicked off the album rollout. Um, do you remember that song coming out? Um, I just remember, I, remember I do vaguely. Yeah. I remember seeing the video maybe on TV and thinking, no, oh, this is really colourful. Like, in comparison to... One thing about this era that was different as well, I think the videos were quite bright and colourful yeah. in comparison to the dark, like black and white often themed stuff that we got from rated r so yeah it was a huge contrast but yeah i remember seeing the video and thinking oh there's so flower slow flower flowery oh goodness and <laughs> um because it was so different to the rated r era that's why i think that's what kind of um, made the rollout start off in a good like strong yeah because people were like oh my god so she's changed like she's happy again basically <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> um so yeah that was september 10th 2010 um and then she released literally like less than a, well a bit over a month later she released a second single which um is we'll see a theme from this album but i think that's not a long time to uh, between singles no not at all but like, i think that's what made short. it yeah literally so short so that's what i think made it so people didn't lose interest basically because mm-hmm. um, if you're obviously people are loving only going world and then i think after a month or so you kind of want more mm which is a, what a lot of people like Normani, I should say, <laughs> as an example. Leaving, she leaves like a year between releases. Even Cardi B as well, a year between releases. That's just like, come on, the interest yeah. is going to go But then that one, down. we haven't got her second album yet and it's been going on five years. Yeah, exactly. So that in itself is a bit of a problem, Belkali's Alamanza. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, less than a month later, she released uh, What's My Name? So that's keeping people's interest. And that was October 25th, 2010. And that actually went to number one and replaced, uh, no, it went to number one because Only Girl was at like number two or three. I yeah, think. so it went number one before like Only Girl, innit? Yeah, and then Only Girl like overtook it, which that was like the happen. first time that ever happened. That's crazy. I remember when it happened, I was like, oh, wow. So she's really doing bits already and the album hasn't been released yet. Because um, you already had two number ones from the album and hadn't even been released. Don't you yeah, think that's, that's crazy? Yeah, that's true, actually, before the album came out. Because it didn't come out till, um, what later in the year, right? They came out in November twelfth. Yeah, but even that. So if you look at that time span: September, October, November. Every month she released something. Mm. That's up uh, up until the album release. I think that's honestly that's like such a strong rollout in my opinion. Yeah, if you can afford to do that, obviously she had like big label backing. So yeah, and obviously they supported her doing so. Um, so yeah, I guess if you can, then yeah, this is probably the way that you could do it. I mean, it, I think it worked for a lot of people when they did their rollouts like this back in the day. 
And yeah. um Yeah, I don't know who um I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I was gonna say I think LA Reed was an executive producer of the album. He was. So um I feel like he's very experienced when it comes to music and everything. So I feel like he definitely had a hand to play in the rollout. And Rihanna was an EP as well. And you know she's got a good ear generally for music. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, another thing as well, during during this time, during the second, uh, the first and second single, she performed like everywhere because I remember she was on X Factor multiple times, uh, multiple times, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was the same year where she sang with Matt Cardle. Yeah, it was because she had red hair. Yeah, she mean. had red hair. Yeah. So basically, she she performed Only Go in the World, which was like at the beginning of the series, and then I think she performed with Matt Cardle, and then she uh, she performed at the the final as well. Yeah, so I think the Where final, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, the final was with Matt, I believe. Um, so yeah, you're right. She performed Only Girl or whatever, like early earlier in the year, like yeah, like the beginning of the season. Then she came back for the final to perform. Uh, I think she did a medley of What's My Name and Only Girl, I think. And then she also sang with Matt. They sang on, um, on yeah, Grateful, right. Yeah. So three times, yeah. not the phone chat. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys, Carl's unprofessional. I'm so sorry. I'm checking. <laughs> Are you right to continue? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Ah, oh, okay, sorry. Um, so yes, yeah, so the fact that she had multiple performances on one show, um, obviously, like you said, she had a big label back in for that. Um, and I think Simon Cowell loved her for some reason. Yeah, he really did like her, didn't he? Yeah, because she performed every single year up until like I don't even remember when the last time she performed, but I remember every album she had, she performed on X Factor. Um, up until like. Maybe actually up until talk that talk, because she performed We Found Love Next Factor. Yeah, so like up until two thousand eleven, I guess. Yeah, so she always was, she was always there. Um, but yeah, she also performed at the Europe, uh, the EMAs, um, and then she performed in France, um, and that was like just before the album's release uh, on the November twelfth. Then she released the album, um, and that was literally less than a month after the second single. So. Yeah, like I said, she released everything every month up until the album release. Um, and then the album debuted at number three. Um, I think people, a lot of people were surprised that it didn't go to number one. But still, still number three is good, in my opinion. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. But like, I think she got a lot of flack at this time because like people were just saying that she's always got number one singles, but she can't seem to get a number one album. Um, so I think this was like a... So this is her fourth album. The fourth album? Fifth album, sorry. And uh, I think fifth, people yeah. were getting at her a little bit, like, oh, she hasn't had a number one album yet, like, and she's been in. And then it was like, oh, she's a single artist, and you know all the negativity comes with that kind of comment. Oh, she's only a single artist. So, yeah. yeah. They used to call it, what did they used to call her? Microwave hits or whatever. Microwave oh, that's what... <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that great juice. Isn't it? They used to calm down on her, though. Like, they don't go in on her. Was it because Trent hasn't, isn't there no more? No, when he was there, yeah, he that, that website was uh, Rihanna, like, Talk, it was toxic. It was <laughs> they hated work her environment. <laughs> they literally hated her. I don't know why. The venom that he would spew when he was typing about her. I'd never known somebody to dislike somebody so much. Literally, I remember. I used to think that he was typing fast, boy. <laughs> I can imagine him. And you know, he was Caribbean as well as Trini, too. So I'm just reading it in his accent as well when he typed it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. And he would also see her as Matrix, the backbend. <laughs> <laughs> what an angry man. Oh, what an angry man. I don't even know what he's doing now. He's on an island somewhere. Yeah, in the Trinidad Island, the island of Trinidad. Yeah. Um, what was it? Where was that? Oh, yeah, so it, yeah, so it debuted at number three, and then 
Uh, she released a third single, which was Raining Men, but I didn't even know that was a single. Yeah, I think it was unofficial, like like radio only, because obviously it didn't get a video in it. No, I didn't get a video, and yeah. it didn't really do well. Picked at number forty eight on the R and B charts, um, but again, I think that's because it had no video, and I didn't think it was really promoted. To be fair, she never performed it. Yeah, no, she didn't. It just seemed like a kind of a, maybe another single just to throw in in the middle. I guess because Nikki was like popping at that time as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, they also had collaborated on Fly for Nikki's album, which was um, Nikki's album dropped in November two actually. So by this yeah. point, you had Fly and you both had Rain and Men. So I think Nikki probably did, they probably just thought drop the Nikki song to radio like as an urban sort of you know song to keep your urban fans. Yeah captivated but I don't think that was meant to be a proper thing because that was released in December and then like literally shortly after in January she released S&M as yeah. the actual fourth single um, what was what was weird as well back then so they would do like a they would do a like an overall single and then they would do like an international single yeah they would and it was a bit dodgy because they would I don't know like I feel like they felt like the I mean the markets are different I think people different people like different things but at the same time, I feel like you do yourself a disservice when you don't release certain songs to a certain market because you think this song sounds more catered to this market. You know what I mean? Because there's people that like urban music in these countries. Yeah. Because, so, um, you, know. you know, I'm going to get to that, but you know, Man Down was only an international single. And I thought that was weird. Oh, that's interesting. As in, yeah. they didn't release it to... What do you mean? No, so, so it was only released in Europe in July. Oh. And it was the fifth over, um, international single, and it went number one in for five weeks in France. That's so but it was only number fifty nine in the US. In America, and that's, that's like one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, it was actually like one of my favorites, generally speaking. So I don't understand how they choose. I don't know what I don't know how they choose a song to be international and not America. Like, why why do you think America wouldn't like Man Down? I think it's weird. Yeah. So um, did they not send it to radio then, or? Oh, listen, Rick Peter just says it was released in Europe in July <clears throat> 2011, but it didn't say anything about being released in the US. I bet they did release it to radio, though. Like, um, They must have, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the thing now. It says they released it to rhythmic contemporary radio and urban contemporary radio on May 3rd. But not mainstream. I mean, rhythmic is like kind of... I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's kind of mainstream. Yeah, kind of, I guess it kind of is. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I guess it was released, but maybe just, I don't know, maybe it wasn't pushed as much as the other singles. It's a crossover radio... Um, what do you call it? Um, station, according to media. Yeah. Going back to SM though, so I think this was one of the early signs of when people would do a remix to boost the sales. Yeah. Because um, she released SM and that didn't really chart uh, as well as the other singles. And then she released the remix to Britney Spears in April, um, which was quite a long time after the actual release of the single. But anyway, she released a remix of uh, with Britney Spears and then that became the third number one single from the album. Yeah. Um, this was around the time as well that I remember like people re- doing remixes, like one off remixes just to get like a higher peaking of a song. Yeah, like, it's the early signs of that. Yeah, because this remix was very random. Like and Britney was in I did not like it. Best form during these years, I believe. So I just remember them performing it at some award show and I was just looking thinking, hmm yeah, I didn't really like the remix, and I think yeah. it just went number one because people were like, "Oh my god, Rihanna and Britney Spears, that's random." Yeah, basically, it's a <laughs> so like, listen the to the power it. of the collab, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, like, so well into twenty eleven, she was still performing. So she performed at the Brit Awards. Yes. Um, I remember she performed S and M 
and no, she performed the medley actually for Only Girl SM and then What's My Name. Um, and then she announced a tour. When is the Brit Awards? It's like February, isn't it? Yeah, like early beginning of the year kind of vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So then in June, she announced a tour. And then after that, she released Man Down in Europe and then, like you said, the US Rhythmic Radio. And then for some reason, which I think is so random, it was number one for five weeks in France. Yeah, that is so, kind of What random. a random country. <laughs> that is very random, yeah. Um, and then, which I think is one of the most interesting things I've ever seen um, on an album rollout, was when, do you remember she held a poll on Twitter? Yeah. To, for the fans to choose the fourth single, or fifth yeah. single, sorry. Um, and then people chose California King Bed. Um, I thought that was so interesting because I think at the time, I don't remember many artists doing that. And I think you said it before, I think you said it last week, that you think artists should do it more. Yeah, I think they should. Because like even, um, so back in 2007, when Sierra was recent Evolution, she did do a poll to ask what song should be the next single. Um, I think it was After Promise. And then the options were like, Like a Boy, Can't Leave Him Alone, That's Right, whatever, whatever. And then I think, before the poll finished, they already filmed the video for um, Like A Boy. But then all those songs actually ended up having videos. So I don't think Sierra really listens to the fans in that instance. But I think it's good to actually do a poll and actually listen to the fans and what they say, sorry, because they can usually kind of steer you in the right direction based on what they want to hear. Like, for example, if Chloe did something like that, she did. But I don't think she listened because we she said, didn't. the fans said for the night and then Beyonce said surprise. So obviously, I guess she went for what Beyonce said. Um, either way, they're not bad songs, but I just think maybe at the time it would have been nicer to listen to the the fans. Because even now, you can see Body Do is like the most listened to song that's not a single from the album, um, which is suggestive in itself, meaning, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, as you said, so I think it's true. People should probably do more interaction with their fans because I think that we know what we want to hear, so it would be helpful for them as well as an artist. Yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree. Um... And then, so yeah, so overall she did seven singles for Loud, um, which honestly, that's crazy to hear now because no one ever releases seven singles now. Like that's, you wouldn't even get, be lucky to get to three. For real. <laughs> um, so really, she released Cheers, Drink to That in July 24, on July 24, 2011, which was pretty much almost a year before she announced the album and released Only Girls in the World. So the album rollout was going on for a very long time. Um. And then obviously she went on tour and stuff. So I think honestly, and even looking at the stats and stuff now and like making this list, I think this was such, honestly, this is probably the pinnacle of like a good album rollout. Mm. Um, Cause it was just so strong. Like I know everything was in quick succession, uh, which obviously, like I said, it does it. If you keep getting um, uh, content from your art, favorite artist or whatever, or, not, or an artist, they say, I think then you're just going to be interested to, to like see it all the way to the end yeah um, and i think it was good because pretty much most of the singles got music videos as well mm-hmm. so one of my pet peeves is when an artist released releases a single and we don't get a video <laughs> or there's like a good song on the album that i really love and then it doesn't get a video or it doesn't get a single treatment i think it's just a missed opportunity yeah. and there's so many songs on sierra's albums that I think could have been such good singles and they're just like lost yeah that's the thing. I think that one thing Rihanna's good at is like usually picking um singles videos so making videos for singles that need to be released so like I think they did a good job with um Loud especially because I think there was so much potential in the album um but they did a they did a great job of like picking the singles um I think that 
the whole album generally is really good. I think. Um, I can't remember. Was it our top album or number two? It was number two, right? Um, I think number two. Our ranking. I think we both had the same number one. Yeah, rated R was number one. I think. Yeah. I think it's a generally really good album. Like I don't think there's many any skips really when you think about it. Like everything, even complicated, is, doesn't annoy me as like as it used to. So <laughs> yeah, it's whole... definitely what. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's definitely one of her most cohesive albums. Yeah, definitely. So um, what was my point? I can't remember. My point I think was around um the album being no skips, and because I think when she came into the studio and preparing to record for it. She told the producers that she wants to be happy and she's in a better place and et cetera, et cetera. And I think it is definitely reflected in the music. It's just upbeat. It's fun. You've got your sexy songs. You've got your, like, your pop collab. You've got Love The Way You Lie Part 2, closing off the album. One of the best, better, like, last songs on, on an album by Rihanna because sometimes she just slaps on yeah, she does dead song, like the last song at the end of the album. So this was good. I don't think there's any... I can literally say this album pretty much has no skips, like, realistically speaking. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to mention was about the video for Cheers, Drink That. Um, I think the video was, like, one of those videos that, you know, you compiled, like, tour footage and you put it together and it's, like, one of those, like, maybe it didn't cost you too much money to record because you're using, like, footage from other events and stuff, which is similar to what Nikki did for her, did it on them video as well. Um, not, it was like it's not like a proper music video. It's like you compiled like footage of you touring or performing the song somewhere else, and then you've made that the you know thingy. But it's also very um, interesting that the last single from the album peaked at number ten, um, number seven. Sorry, in the top ten is what I'm trying to say, which is not very. Um, I mean, not uncommon for Rihanna, but like usually when you get to the last, the end of the album, the singles might not chart as well because the album's been People out for X amount of yeah. time, you know, but. It peaks higher than Man Down, California King Bed, and yeah. So I think that's the reason why, as well, that Rihanna kind of released an album a year. Because if you look at if you look at this um, July, that's when uh, Cheers was released. So she probably was thinking it, it, it peaked at number seven. So her team was probably thinking, you know, what, the buzz is not dying down. We need to like capitalize on this mm-hmm. and then just release another era. Because um, <clears throat> as we know, she used to release an album every November. Literally. So that's not far away from July. So they're probably at this point they're probably even thinking about talk that talk. Um, it definitely were because We Found Love came out in September um, two thousand eleven. Yeah, so like <laughs> literally, what, what, the album rollout of Loud is still going on, but that you're just thinking of the next one. Yeah, and I think you know what I feel like we really give her we don't give her enough credit because it's not easy, you know. This girl was in the studio like one slave at one point. Yeah, like, and also like because all her eras are so different. So like she was doing the Loud era, and then she was thinking about. So in her head, she was she knew that she was gonna like jump to EDM. <laughs> yeah, we found love. So that must have been like, it's, yeah, we don't give her enough credit, man. That is that must be tough. Yeah, not easy. I can imagine like recording all those like, and I know she would have recorded a lot of songs as well. Um, so obviously narrowing it down and like recording all this music in such a short span of time is very intense. Yeah. So yeah, and then the touring as well. Like she toured a, like with all these albums. She did a tour. So yeah, yeah. Um, so with this album rollout, what do you, what would you say some of the like uh, cons are for, and some of the pros are for it? Sorry, um, I think that generally when Rihanna releases music, she um, has like a distinctive look. So I think that the red hair and the summery like bright aesthetic for the music videos was a good like um, feature. I think that was really positive. Um, I think it helped to kind of differentiate from the last era, which was dark and dusty. Um, not dusty. <laughs> not dusty. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was dark and um, very different. 
So I think that was a good thing aesthetically. Um, and I think that like her releasing stuff like very in quick succession was good. So like the momentum never died down during this time period because you got the first single, then you got the second single, then you got the second single going to number one, then you got the first single going to number one after the second single gone to number one, and then you've got the next single, then you've remixed this single because you it's gonna help it peak at number one too. Then you release this single, and you release that single, and it's like you know you've got so many singles for the album. Um, everything was just clean and like, yeah, like a, and her vocals as well. Um, might I add, sorry for when I heard Only Girl and I heard her belting, I was very surprised because I know that Rihanna has a nice tone and a nice voice generally, but the strength on the voice was a bit different. And I remember hearing back then, I remember we were talking, this is like 10 plus years ago, and I think we found out that she had stopped smoking for a period of time, um, in order to prepare her vocal cords for um the album and only girl and stuff so um and she was obviously doing vocal classes and exercises and stuff with a um professional so you could hear the difference on her um ability to belt on the lot of the album even california king bird yeah well. so um yeah i think there was just a good error in terms of like the way she prepared herself for it and her ear for music and the aesthetics and everything so yeah i actually missed this kind of rollout to be fair to i wish it could come it? back a little bit yeah, traditional. I think it's like the honestly. I think it's like the best one. Um, it makes the most sense in my eyes. Uh, maybe it's just because we're used to it. Well, we were used to it back then. We grew up with it, so. Um, I'm trying to think of. Do you think there's any cons? Um. Maybe oversaturation. Yeah. Maybe not in this case, but. Yeah. Not. I mean, it obviously worked out for her, but maybe like I don't know. We didn't have enough time to sit with a lot of the singles. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because everything was released so quickly after each other. Um, because it's like, oh, we just heard, we just, you basically just dropped, um, let's say, what's my name, for example, and all of a sudden we're hearing S and M. It's like, what happened to what's my name? Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> so, I, yeah. I didn't have enough time to settle with only girl, and then I already heard what's my name. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I like that more at the time. Yeah, I like that more. Everything, and then I was, I think I, that changed again because I went back to liking only girl a bit more at one point. So it was like. Jumping back and forth between songs. I mean, not anything bad for in terms of you know her, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe a bit of oversaturation, but it worked in her favor in this instance. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, another brief example of a 2010 rollout was Nicki Minaj and Pink Friday. Yes, yes, yes. Um, as we know, even like up until that uh, album release, she was quite like the hype around her was quite strong anyway. Yeah. Um, because obviously she was doing her raps and stuff and she had like loads of mixtapes and she kind of just she, i think would i don't know if this i don't know if i can i was gonna say could you say that she was probably one of the first like viral sensations who nikki yeah because um, I, I remember remember when she released itty bitty piggy yeah <laughs> and like everyone in school was singing that we loved that song we loved it so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I feel like she was, and we didn't even know who she was. We just heard that and was like, oh my God, we love this. And then obviously liked her from then. So I would say that in my, from maybe in my eyes, she was probably one of the first viral. Yeah, maybe potentially, yeah. Because I guess like back then, like things going viral, there was YouTube back then. So yeah, it was weird how things caught on though. But yeah, it basically, I think she did go viral because obviously all of a sudden we're just hearing AEB Piggy and it spread like wildfire between us yeah. and people. So yeah, technically that is a viral moment because other people were listening to it at that same time as well. So yeah, um, I would probably agree with you in that instance. Viral before viral was a thing. 
Um, yeah. And I would say, like, I guess Pink Friday, like, I don't think it had a similar rollout in, but I don't think it was a bad rollout in comparison. So I think um, she initially wanted to release Massive Attack with Sean Garrett as a single. And I remember that was around, like, maybe we were, like, it was, like, March, maybe April 2010. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, we were preparing for GCSE exams, I remember. Then that didn't go well. Then June 1st, um, I believe Your Love was released um, as the official first single. And it kind of just took off out of nowhere, I think, which surprised them and the label. And then the next single wasn't actually released until September, which is kind of long. So I feel like they gave it a long time before they... Re- oh, no, it's not long, actually. June, July, August. Three months is not that bad. I think that's actually a decent time period to wait to put out another single, if I'm honest. But maybe two months would be more ideal for me. So yeah, Your Love Pizza number 14 in America. And then we've got Check It Out with Will I Am, which is more of a pop kind of like sound which um pizza number 24 then literally within like a couple of weeks she released right through me i think that's too short yeah that now is less than a month this is three weeks right through me with pizza number 26 so this is a bit of oversaturation here i think i'm i'm seeing then um the next single was moment for life in december 2010 um pizza number 13 with drake then um, we didn't get anything until April 2011 next. And then I think with that going on from Super Bass and did it on um, Girls Fly like, Fall Like Dominoes and then Fly, um, I think that the if we, I don't know, like I was thinking to myself, like well, if Taylor Swift didn't like basically post herself listening to Super Bass on live stream or whatever she was doing, we might not have got, Nicki might not have got her first top um, 10 like solo hit. And yeah. I think that that would have meant that she might not have crossed over into like the pop rap first as she did heavily in the next album. So, yeah, I just thought Taylor Swift maybe uh, is owed a bit of like an odd, um, a nod for that because I think that definitely did help. So, yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like some of the single choices were not really what I would have chosen for really? this album. Like, some of them are a bit random. Like, did it on them, yeah, that's a nice album track, but I don't think it should have been a single. Yeah. Um, Moment for Life, I get, because it's with Drake, and he was, they were part of the same um, um, label. A label and, like, collective music team thing. Check yeah. it out, I get, because it's a pop song. But then, like you said, like, she didn't even give that a chance to even sit, because <laughs> she released Right Through Me, like, straight after. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Your Love, for me, was, like, a random um, lead single. But I get it. Because no one really kind of liked Massive Attack. Yeah, it didn't do. It just didn't go. Yeah, it just didn't read her. So she had to choose something quickly. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Super Bass was on the deluxe version, and that was the best-selling song. I'm just wondering why that wasn't. I guess actually, not. I'm thinking about it. No, ignore me because I was thinking it could have been on the main album, but then I think that I don't think it would have started in because the main track list was quite strong anyway yeah um, and it makes sense because if you released a deluxe version and then having a song would make the deluxe version sell more so yeah it makes sense anyway That's true. i just worked that out in my head but um <laughs> <laughs> i think her taylor swift singing it and helping boosting the songs is kind of reminiscent of kind of like the tiktok era of today yeah low where, key. yeah where like we would hear a song on TikTok or like an artist singing someone else's song and then all of a sudden it blows up and then like goes viral, blah, blah, blah. So this yeah. is like an early sign of that, I think. It's crazy. Um, You know, I didn't even know until you just said that, that that's how Super Bass blew up. 
Yeah, no, I remember like, and I'm, I'm surprised that by this point in time that they haven't collaborated together, but they've always been cool. So maybe it's just timing, but um, yeah, I'm surprised that Nikki and Taylor haven't collaborated because, like, I wouldn't say she owes her her career, but like, you know, that was her first like solo top ten, and then obviously from then, she just went on to have like major massive success. So that cosign really did help, I think. What? Um, yeah, I was gonna say, what difference between this rollout and um, Loud's rollout is that I think Loud was quite clear what the singles were. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel like it's a bit muddled. Like, I don't remember, like, thinking back to that time, I don't remember, like, knowing specifically these that, that these were singles, apart from maybe Super Bass and Moment for Life mm. um, and even Your Love. Check it out. I remember seeing it. We, we saw Cheryl Cole just plopped on there. <laughs> <laughs> does Adobe photoshopped her into the video. I'm screaming. <laughs> How can you just crop Miss um, Cole into the video and just have her mind oh. along? That was so random. Do you think Nicki Minaj remembers that she has a song with Cheryl Cole? I highly doubt it. I want to <laughs> ask her about that one day. She'll probably be like, huh? <laughs> She's like, who's Cheryl Cole? She'll be like, Cheryl who? Um, but yeah, I just think, for me, I think the singles weren't as, like, strong. Mm. Not as in the songs weren't strong, but I mean, like, it wasn't clear what those actual singles were. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I disagree only because, like, I feel like I was quite tuned into um her at this time. But, and I remember, like, I don't remember, I just remember random, Super Bass was the one that was random to me, because I just kind of thought, like, where did this come from? But I remember, like, most of the singles, because I remember, obviously, Check It Out, and then Your Love was an American, but I remember, like, hearing that when we were in school, just finishing. Um, right through me, yeah, I remember all the singles, except for, um, yeah, Super Bass was one I thought was a bit random, to be honest, in terms of, like, falling in with that. And then Girls Fall Like Dominoes, and I used to get dropped to school. It always used to play on the radio, on Choice FM. And I always used to think, what is this? <laughs> but I liked it because he mentioned a lot of like, other female like artists in, on the song on different cities and stuff. So yeah, but um, I would say that the pros for the album were like, for this album anyway, Pink Friday, was the fact that Nikki was on a features period during this time. Um, so she was on like different songs. So while she was releasing singles from this album, she was on like Bottoms Up, that 2012 song with Jay Sean, um, that Creep song from SNL skit. Um, Fly of Rihanna as well. So I feel like her visibility was like on 100 because she was featuring a lot of songs and then she had her own songs, which can be a good and bad thing, I think, at the same time. 50k for a verse, no album out. Our monster, of course. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I agree. Yeah, so def- she, she definitely got her name out there before the album, which helps the album a lot, to be yeah. fair. Um, I can only and I was going to say, this is probably one of her strongest albums to date. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Like, I think the per- formula was perfect. Obviously, pink, the pink print is also really good. But I think she perfected, like, the formula with this, in terms of the blend of the songs. Um, I was just going to say, like, in terms of negatives and cons, like, I think there's potential oversaturation. Like, so when we yeah, talk about oversaturating the market, different because it's just her own music, really. So it's, like, just her. But then, obviously, Nikki's got all these features. And then she's got all these other songs. And I think around that time as well, I really remember thinking that I felt like I liked a lot of the feature raps more than her own, like, song raps. So there's yeah. that kind of potential argument of, like, oh, like, well, I prefer the Bottoms Up rap in comparison to her rapping on Your Love or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's another thing as well. But, yeah, um, that's the only kind of negative I think I would say. But I think that it was a good idea for her to feature like, on lots of different songs because it got her really out there. And now she's one of the most charted artists on like the American Hot 100 charts so yeah yeah I agree um, 
because I remember I used to like I remember used to I used to go to YouTube and like watch her feature verses like yeah. compilation <laughs> more so over than the album even though I did like the album but I loved her verses more I think so mm. I agree I think that's probably a con because I think I think it's even a con going up till today because I think people a lot of people miss um like old school Nikki in that sense where she mm. was like I know she features on songs now but I think back then because it was so like new and like she I feel like her verses were a bit more like I don't know what the word is but like crazy <laughs> back in the day do you know what I mean mm. like, do you remember when she, like she had like I don't know her verse was just a bit more animated in my opinion and I liked that about her but now her, her verses are like a bit more like rap heavy and like yeah and I think it was people a lot of people liked that about Nikki because she was because it was different at the time yeah. where she would like do weird voices and like wear weird wigs and shit <laughs> um but yeah now going on to how the game changed change that how was the words change that game that digital drop um start the world world stop carry on um beyonce's digital drop in 2013 definitely 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 changed the traditional album rollout um and she started a trend that may not work for some people <laughs> but she definitely started a trend yeah. um, when she released the self-titled album in 2013 in december i remember it so clearly i remember like oh my god why is beyonce's like album just randomly going around um and I, that's like one of the first uh, beyonce albums I actually bought as well oh um, yeah you know what same actually i think um yeah i think it was the first one i bought actually yeah Literally, which is crazy because what's album yeah. five, right? Yeah, yeah, album five. Um, and I think I think the reason why I bought it was because I could just buy it on iTunes. Because <laughs> mm. um, it just came, and then I think because everyone was talking about it, it was like, oh my god, Beyonce just an album, and I wanted to be part of it. Because then, because she released all the videos as well, so I was like, I want to see the videos. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that it worked for Beyonce because she's Beyonce and her last album was 2011 mm. before before that yeah so people were waiting for her next album so it was smart for her to do something like this and I think she had accumulated enough like clout with mm. her previous releases to do something like this she did it in a smart time because she knew you know after I am Sasha Fierce um and then four four was didn't really sell as well but I think after four she was kind of cemented as kind of like a legend. Yeah, I think by that point. Already, yeah, by that point. So I think she didn't need like the traditional rollout. So she was like, you know what? I've got enough clout. I'm going to drop an album. And it literally became like, <clears throat> um, wait, it sold 828,000 uh, copies worldwide in its first three days of sales, which is crazy, which I don't think ever would happen now. Yeah, um, and also she like released it on the day that wasn't the album to start in or the album tracking week, so she only had three days tracking on sales. So imagine if she had released it in um like a full tracking week, and I think she's the reason that the the day that people um the music week starts tracking is different now because she changed it. So that's why she's always like changed the game with that digital drop. Like she did change the game in terms of yeah like, she the did and what day people start tracking music from. But it just kind of goes on to, yeah, I feel like if she had released the album in the beginning of the week, as she was, um, the actual tracking week at that time, then she would have probably sold like a million copies in America first week, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. Because it's not far off. Yeah, literally just like, what, 300 and something, 308 something. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. And then in the 19 days between the album's release and then the end of 2013, which wasn't long, um, 2.3 million copies worldwide, I think that's a crazy, crazy number mm. to do. And I think because of these big numbers, a lot of artists after this thought they could do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that... I think it works for Beyonce, but I don't... In my opinion and my personal preference, I don't really like a digital drop or like a surprise release. Um, I think I prefer the traditional rollout, I think. Mm. What about you? What do you prefer? Um, I think that whoever, if an artist can like really, I think it was exciting when Beyonce did it like that one time. Yeah. And then she did it with Lemon and I was, it was also exciting that time too. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay now. Once you do like two, maybe three surprise drops, it's all right. Just like just go back to normal. So now I feel like more so recently, obviously she released Renaissance, and um, there was like a not uh, it was like a announced. You know, this is when it's gonna release it. This is whatever, whatever. So I think I liked the surprise thing, but it only certain people can do surprise releases. So if you're not Beyonce, like Drake, Adele, or like Taylor Swift, then I wouldn't dare try it. Otherwise, you need to go down the traditional route slash route. Um, I would say so. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. I think even Beyonce kind of is over it because even Renaissance, she kind of did go back to traditional rollout in a sense because she mm-hmm. released "Break My Soul" first, um, and then she announced the album, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I liked that though. I liked hearing the lead single, and I was like so excited to hear the album. Because um, it created buzz, and obviously this was different because there was a whole there was a big gap between Lemonade and Renaissance. So, yeah. so it was nice to like, you know, get something, break my soul, and then like be teased and like tantalized for the album. Because um, I think it worked for Beyonce and Lemonade, but I think if she if she did it again for Renaissance, it would be like, okay, you've done this now, or yeah. something else. So yeah, I think she was smart in that sense. Um, but I think I agree. I agree with you. It depends on what artist you are. If you're not a big, big seller like Adele, Beyonce, Drake, then I think you should just leave digital drops to them. <laughs> yeah, because I think your fan base is not going to be big enough for you to like just surprise them. You know what I mean? So like, if you release an album and you tell everybody and they still don't buy it, what makes you think that if you don't tell them that people are going to buy it <laughs> if they don't know about it? Please. It, exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Um, so would you say that it ruined rollups or do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. What would you say? Do you think it ruined rollups? Loki, I feel like artists now, um, because of this that digital dropping, and I think because of like the social media and vir- people going viral and stuff, like I think the labels are less intent on a full proper rollout. So like they might just you, as you said, like a lot of people don't get more than like two singles now, maybe three max. Um, yeah, the promo is not as heavy as it used to be. Like I think a lot of the time now, the artists, the labels are like wanting the fan, the um, artists to go viral. They a lot of them, they tell a lot of the um. People have signed, like, you need a viral hit, you need to go viral on TikTok. So that, that's what a lot of artists are hearing now because I don't think they, like, the people in the marketing departments and stuff don't really want to be doing, it sounds like they want to do the work. Like, what I'm hearing yeah. is that they want to do the They want social media to carry the album on the songs. And obviously that's like, it can be forced, you know, down people's throats. Like, you can make something go viral, I guess, if you pay money towards people posting it and singing it and stuff. But I think that's a, that's a wing, a thing. But some things go viral organically. So I think that the digital drop definitely did um, hinder the traditional approach, I think, because it's giving people the um, impression that they don't need to like kind of have a traditional rollout, which means that they, some of them don't do like radio promo no more, interviews or anything like that, depending on which like artist it is and stuff. So yeah, it kind of left things in a bit of a model when it comes to music, because now there's not really like a direct 
yeah. like, approach to how an album should be rolled out because a lot of people do things differently. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. That brings me on to a good example, like of and a, and a different kind of rollout for the post twenty fifteen era, and that's uh, Planet Her by Doja Cat. I'm going to briefly skim for it because it's long. Um, basically, she released it in June twenty fifth, uh, twenty one. Um, but before this, what I thought was interesting, I thought worked for her. She kind of created a whole kind of different world um, for the album. And obviously she called it Planet Earth because, and I think everything around the album was also in theme that I think that's what what worked for it. Um, so yeah, she introduced Planet Earth in 2020 and then she began teasing the album on Twitter, um, tweeting the phrase Planet Earth 2021. So she, then she basically already teased the album so people were like oh my god uh, she's gonna drop an album and she was quite got she was quite big at that time as well um not as big as she was now but she's she got quite a big buzz around her i think um but i didn't really listen to her back then uh, my sister introduced me to her mm. and then planet her was my first like full proper listen of her and i really liked it but anyway that's off topic um and then she released kiss me more in april 9th on April 9th, 2021, and that was with Scissor. And as we know, that song just massively, massively blew up. Um, actually, no, wait, I lied. The reason why she blew up was because of Say So. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. Say So, like TikTok during, yeah. um, during the like, pandemic? during the pandemic, like just before the pandemic kind of started, but like the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so got, she got clapped from that. She, so obviously there was a big buzz around her. Created this whole Planet Her thing, released Kiss Me More, uh, and that blew up. Do you know Need to Know was initially supposed to be the first, well, it was released as a promotional single mm. um, in June. And then it began going tra- began traction. So then she released it as a single um, and it gained traction on TikTok. So again, this is another example of how TikTok helps a song um, blow up, basically, because yeah. it was supposed to be a promotional single and then she released it as an actual single because people liked it. Then she released um, Woman, and then obviously that charted well. And then basically this whole Planet Her era, she spawned like a lot of singles and um, and a lot of buzz around her. And I think that this is a good example of a good rollout. Um, so I'm trying to rush because I know the time's slipping away. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got a meeting at 10. It's okay. Um, but anyway, I thought this is a good example of a good rollout post-2015 and also quite reminiscent of a traditional album rollout in a sense and but also a bit different in how she kind of created a whole theme for it and um yeah and she did perform a lot of times as well because i remember during the pandemic even she performed a lot on like she did like a youtube thing where she performed yeah. like alone and then she performed at the uh was it the mt no vmas i think one yeah. of the Gorgeous. but these were this was the time where it wasn't like there was no audience it was just like pre-recorded <laughs> yeah which was so awkward yeah um but yeah what are your thoughts on the album rollout um i thought see i wasn't really the biggest doja cat fan generally speaking so like from this album i like getting to it yeah which was a random like single that kind of just started charting randomly um and i like i like kiss me more i guess it was catchy um what would i say I think, sorry, what what is reminiscent of this album rollout? If I'm looking at the notes now, mm. most of the songs, if not all of them, gain some sort of like viral thing on TikTok. Yeah, like some sort of social media like viral. Yeah, because mm. get into it, yeah. Um, 
some TikTok guy called David Vu um, made a dance for it, and then that's how it kind of got uh, blew up. Mm. Um, and it made the song like re-enter the charts, and then obviously a woman kind of blew up on TikTok as well. So again, because everyone I remember scrolling through TikTok and that song was used for everyone's video. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, most of the songs gained. So this, I feel like she's kind of like the pioneer, not if not one of the pioneers for like the whole TikTok era of like how because most of her songs or most of her fame basically is based on TikTok because that's how she kind of blew up with Say So. Mm. And then all of us, and then like every song consequently after that kind of got the same like reaction on TikTok. So she's definitely like a TikTok queen in that sense, I think. For sure. Um, so yeah, that's a good, that's an example of a good rollout. Just want to quickly, briefly mention Chloe Bailey and maybe Summer Walker as an example of bad rollouts. Of the recent times, I feel like Summer Walker's second album was not a good rollout. Did we even get more than like two videos? No, no. So basically, she released it. First of all, the whole thing started off shit because she released X for a reason and and she said she didn't like the song. So she basically said she didn't like her own song. Yeah, (laughs) and that's like, but then she told the label forced her to release that as a single. And it's not like her typical, like, kind of RB mid tempo ballad kind of song so it i kind of get it because in her case she's like this isn't it doesn't this doesn't sound like her i mean it would be nice on the album as like a, you know oh this is different like well it's a bit more upbeat but as a first single it was like this is not the direction we're going in because the rest of the album is typical summer walker so yeah i don't know yeah i agree um but then what really i think they really messed up was when they released well they took forever to release no love hmm. which was the most streamed song on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It took forever to release it, and then they released the remix, and then they didn't even promote it after that. And then after that, we got no other singles from the album. Literally, that was it. I think that was that's definitely an example of a bad, bad rollout because you basically let the album die. Exactly, like they did let it die. I know she got pregnant, or she was pregnant, or whatever the situation was with her twins, but like they took. From October to March is November, December, January, February, March. Five months to release a single video for No Love. And also, I'm not like not to be rude to Cardi B, but I don't feel like they needed to add her to the the remix. Like, because yeah. they had her singing, like, it was just random. Like, of all the artists and people, they could have got her to, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like a waste of a feature to me, to be honest with you. Like, I think I agree. It, was, it wasn't necessary. Because yeah, the song was already blowing up well enough on Spotify anyway so exactly just, it just it. Ups- it's annoying because obviously the um the album sold well as well within the first week like it was a number one it was number one it sold 166 um, 100,000 copies in the first week and it was the first like number one R&B album since Beyonce's Lemonade so yeah and it got like a lot of streams for like a um, female R&B artist 201 million streams in the first week so she broke a lot of records with the album so it was like so much potential for it to kind of continue going along but they just i don't know what why they kind of just gave up on her really it was given rca vibes if i'm honest yeah definitely and then we have chloe bailey who we know that was not a good album rollout man and this was different in a different sense because basically she released a lot of uh, like a slew of singles before and i just feel like she confused people about the direction that she was going i don't know i'm not i say she but i think the label as well they were there to blame um but there was just no clear direction. She released all these things. And then when the album release finally came, it was like a complete, it was like a left turn, a completely different to what she was doing. 
Um, and I just don't think that that didn't help at all because I think people were just a bit confused about who she is as an artist, which is not what you want when you're releasing your, especially your debut album. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you mentioned before, like Body doing stuff, I think they're not capitalizing on that. I think they're going to do the same thing as with Summer Walker, where they're going to release Body Do like months down the line and then people are not going to care. That's what it feels so, like as well. And then they're going to try and slap someone on the remix that we don't care yeah, about. Like a rapper, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely going to be a rapper, a male rapper, mm-hmm. I know it for sure, which we don't want. So I feel like this album's already dead in the water, to be fair. Pretty much. Unfortunately, I think that it was a good effort. Um, I think, obviously, next time, more of a cohesive sound, I think, is the critique for her. And um, maybe, I think, ask the fans what they want to hear and maybe stick with their responses just as a like a sort of new artist kind of like feeling out what you know especially if you don't know what sound you want to go for like kind of ask the fans what they want like i think she was good for doing that but just not sticking to the answers so yeah um so just to wrap up i'm gonna just say what i think the good a good album rollout is and i think it's a mixture between um the traditional rollout and also in current times using TikTok and social media to your advantage. Mm. So you can do a traditional rollout like where second sing- uh, first single, second single, album, blah, blah, blah. But then as Doja Cat did, she kind of knew what kind of songs were kicking off on um, TikTok and then she mm-hmm. used that. So she released that song. So you can kind of, so you can have a plan about what singles you can release. You're going to release, sorry. And if another song does better like TikTok or social media, or people are like raving about a particular song, there's no reason why you can't change the single. Yeah, like uh, utilize off that like momentum yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Sorry, even while you're saying that, I'm just thinking, um, streets started blowing up around the same time that Doja Cat has put, had was in gearing up to release Planet Her. They quickly made a video for the streets song as it yeah. was blown up on TikTok, and then you know what I mean. So it was like they ca- they capitalize off that momentum in that moment. They were smart. At that point, streets was almost two years old. So yeah, yeah, and even like with say so, so that was gaining traction on TikTok and they literally said okay let's uh, slap Nicki Minaj on the remix and that obviously boosted it as well so I think they definitely were smart in capitalising on the social media era um, and the TikTok era and I think that's what a lot of artists should do now because we can, we've seen it we've seen loads of songs from not even just Doja Cat but other artists like Megan Thee Stallion and Mariah Carey even Mariah Carey's like it's a rap which is like years and years old yeah. that's been blowing up on TikTok so I think a mixture between traditional and also just, you know, just taking it into consideration what is actually doing well for you and then, like, mm-hmm. capitalising on it. And if a song, even, like, Kill Bill, that's, like, the most streamed song of the album, of Scissor's album, and they knew that, so they made it a single. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, artists like Chloe Bailey and Summer Walker, I, mean, I know she did it with No Love, but it just took too long to do it. It, it so. took too long, yeah. It's crazy because RCA, like, we cussed them, but... I think mean, they did an okay job with Sizzle, although I don't know if they've released physical copies of that album yet. And then um, they're the ones who, they put money into Doja's Cat though, actually. But they just pick and choose who they want to put money into, it seems. Or, or I heard the other day, by the way, some inside um, music gossip that Normani apparently is, it's not the label, apparently it's Normani and she's somewhat of a perfectionist. So it's her that is like delaying her own project. Yeah, I I've heard that multiple times. Yeah. So. People we're speculating that it's actually her and I kind of see it because yeah yeah so apparently it is so we're casting RCA and apparently it's not it's Normani herself so I mean that ship has sailed man 
Yeah, you know what? I think we just need to. I think whatever she puts out will be will do well, but at the same time, it's just like I don't know. We just yeah. want consistency. Um, so, what are your final thoughts? What do you think makes a good album rollout? Um, I would agree with you, and I say that it's like a mixture. I think that you should definitely like make sure you have a, a promotional buzz kind of single. Um, I think that's quite important because it gives an indication of what you can expect. And if it does take off and do well, then you can actually just say, well, this is the first single, actually. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of tests the water a little bit. Um, and then I think, yes, like you should at least, I feel like at most, if possible, you should aim for have to have at least four singles released over a course of time, however you spread those out. Um, I think it's good to kind of build a momentum, as you said. So, like, if something is going viral or something's taking off or or you notice that something is getting streamed more than the other songs, then I think that if you plan to have another single released, then you should go for whatever is going doing well at that point in time. Because, you know, t- music is a fast-paced and I feel like, you know, things can be popular for one minute and then as soon as you take your time to do something, that, that ship has sailed, as we've discussed. So I think it's good to capitalise off, like, things that are doing well. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. I just think that it's one thing that I feel like is kills albums is releasing singles like months apart. So if you release one single one month and you wait like five, six, four months to release another one, it's like you're just giving us doing yourself a disservice. You know what I mean? So yeah, that in I itself that. is just killing all momentum. So yeah, those are my things. I think I agree. Also, one of one thing that I think makes a good album rollout is I think it helps when you have an overall theme. For your album and you yeah. stick to that theme or stick not not just a theme but like an overall like sense of the direction of the album i think if you keep chopping and changing i think that's what worked so well for doja cat because she had this whole planet her theme and she and even the videos they all look similar they're all quite like out of this world like out, outer worldly and stuff so she kept to the theme the whole time and she had a clear direction of the album and i think that's what albums like chloe's and and other people's they don't have this like sense of structure and I think that does help with an album rollout as well mm. um, but yeah that brings us to the end of our <laughs> kind of deep basically a deep dive into Loud and Nicki Minaj <laughs> <laughs> well they were the examples um, give yourself more credit friend no yeah they're actually good examples because I think Loud is definitely one of the best ones um, you would say that wouldn't you 20, 20. not even just because of that I just think the whole album mm. rollout is good anyway <laughs> I am not biased. <laughs> I <didn't know> <laughs> okay, so um, maybe we could actually do a part two at some point because there's a lot to talk about. To be fair, yeah, there were some other albums. Yeah, be... yeah, just time is not our friend. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to add a song to the rated playlist, which we have on Spotify. We add a song every week. Um, one new song, one old song, and I think this week I'm going to add a new song, and then Carl's going to add an old song. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to add Jericho by an artist called Nico. I don't know who they are, but I came across the song. Once okay. what I find, I really like it. So I'm going to add Jericho. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm going to add um, um, Anybody by Burner Boy. Um, it's an Afro BE song. Came out like three, four years ago now. I really like it. So yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, as always, guys, make sure you keep giving us reviews and ratings and keep streaming. And we appreciate all your support. And if you want to get in touch with us, we are the rated podcast one at gmail.com. You can send us an email. You can find us on Instagram at the rated podcast. And you can find me at Olivade. 
And I'm at Carl CNN. Yep. And we shall speak to you next week as we always do. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.